0: Listen, soldier, you should eat something. Can't. What do you mean you can't? I can't eat through a canvas bag.
1: (sighs) (sighs) Fucking hell, man! This is a farce! How is it a farce? So what do I look like? You're the one about 5'10. With the killer smile and our baby face. Oh, am I? Yeah. And the brown eyes. You're the handsome one.
2: Hello there. This is the Cinema 9 Podcast. I'm Michael Govier. It's Travis Roy. It's Eric Branstrom, and we do movie talk here every week. We talk about one movie, and today's focus will be The Crying Game from 1992. Neil Jordan directed it. and we always like to start the show with all kinds of random stuff, but you do need to know that Cinema9Pod at gmail.com is how you can contact us. You may also give us a five-star review, five-star rating, subscribe to our YouTube. We post all of our videos now. On YouTube, they're not live, but they're the video after the fact. So if you want to follow along and see us instead of just listening to us on the podcast version, which is totally fine. That's that's your prerogative. It's my prerogative. Do, 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 do. Do what Travis, what's your prerogative?
3: Um, yeah, I don't really have a, a, a Bobby Brown theme joke <laughs> just ready in the chamber. Uh, I'm sorry, okay. but uh, my prerogative is uh, good and pro-choice. I'm pro choice. I'm pro prerogative.
2: Uh, pro Stephen Ray's hair in this movie? Kill your own kind. <laughs> 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 ah! Yes. It. <laughs> it must be done. I mean, what is a show without tradition, you know? For sure. What about you, Eric? Uh, it's summertime. You, uh, you, got a, you got some work done. You're feeling good about yourself. Who died recently that we haven't
0: mentioned? Death Watch, Treat Williams. Trick treat or treat Williams. Williams. Right. Rest treat Williams. in peace.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he was good and doing some of his, <laughs> doing some of his best work on uh, on shrinking. Oh, you're kidding! He was throws. on that program.
2: Oh, he was on there. Yeah, he no,
3: great know.
0: on it too. But oh man, did you ever see Once Upon a Time in yeah. America? Mm-mm. Yes. I Keep wanting to see that. It looks like a looks like an effort.
2: It's, it's a, big effort. a slog. It's a slog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big effort, especially now. I expect I don't know how I ever watched it before. So I should actually be more. Yeah. Open to watching it, but I just remember um, this
3: like sepia-toned yeah, VHS yeah. double cassette <laughs> thing. Just <nah. laughs> mm. <Yeah.
0: laughs> double VHS is one thing, but that sepia tone
2: can't do it.
1: <laughs>
2: like, eh. uh, well, Once upon a time in America is that a Berlucci, Leone, right? Right?
1: No, know, Oh boy, right. there you go. Well, me, no,
2: I did see about. that
3: one, didn't I? I think I did.
2: Well, that's the one where. Uh, De Niro gets a handjob on screen with Gerard Depardieu.
3: <laughs> Gerard Depardieu gives him a handjob?
2: Oh, they both get handjobs from some type. I think they're in a, a brothel. Is it like a, once upon a Time situation? Yeah, wow. it's real. I've right. seen it on Mr. Skin a long time ago. Really? It blew my mind. Where's I'm it? like, holy shit. This is Robert De Niro getting beat off on camera. What right, the everybody. fuck is going on right now? My father, the oh, it was bunny's crazy. <laughs> well, I was just surprised. And I was like, you know what? Good for you. Way to go. We're after a good start. So. Okay. He's a method actor. He's a true, he always was, right?
3: Better make me
0: come or else I'm not really acting. Now we know why there was two tapes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, two tapes, uh, two dicks. Uh, We got one email from Steve, our friend Steve. Brecken Bad is the title, and it's just a picture of Breckenmeyer holding up (laughs) a writer's guild on strike sign that says, Do you really want me acting again? Top 10
0: Breckenmeyer performances, go. Uh, ta- uh, road ta- taillight, Trip. Taillights Fade. Um, um, what else we got? <laughs> <laughs> Clueless.
3: Clueless, yeah.
2: Can't yep. Hardly yep. Wait. Um,
3: he was, Can't Hardly Wait, of course. Garfield oh, 1 yeah. and
2: 2. Um, got a list uh, brewing here.
3: I sure like him for not doing all that much.
2: <laughs> was he in Best Laid Plans for a minute, or am I just making that up?
3: Uh, that was a- uh, Alessandro navola I remember he was...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Josh Brolin. Never mind. Yeah, That's it. That's all I got. I got nothing <laughs> Okay. I saw a road trip in the theater on acid. It was a great day, so oh. I'll never forget it. Mm. DJ Quals, my up best, to.
3: My, my most memorable. <laughs> he uh, he's doing oh, fine. Okay. He came out recently. Okay, sure. Um, my my top acid experience in theaters was uh, uh, Six Cents for the first time. No shit. Woo. Yep. <laughs> Happened.
2: Wow. <laughs> oh wow. I thought you were there for the Joan of Arc movie. That was another one. I think some other people we know. Uh, I <laughs>
3: wasn't there for that, but I'm glad. Drop acid and watch <laughs> the
2: Messenger. <laughs> Ew, that happened. Oh, by the way, uh, Travis, you got a fun weekend coming up. You excited?
3: I'm very excited. Very excited. Yeah. No effects. Final tour, dude. It's oh, you're pulling the trigger. No, no play, shit. Playing f- five, five of their albums. It's gonna be Fuck fantastic. Me. And bouncing souls and less than Jake. Oh my god,
1: they're, they're playing
3: five of their albums. Yeah, they're playing Dr- Punk and Drublick. They're playing uh, The Decline, White Trash, Two Heebs and a Bean, So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes, and. uh Self entitled no wow. way. Oh, ca- yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. This is in uh, Thornville, Ohio. Fuck.
2: Beautiful. Me. Outside of Columbus territory. You know, uh,
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nice area. I really want to get down to that punk rock museum that Fat Mike started. It looks like they got some really mm-hmm. cool stuff. You yeah. can like play the instruments that all the original band members played. They can just like walk up to the instruments and like jam on them. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. cool.
2: That's fun. That's very cool. Sounds good. Well, we'll see if it's NoFX's Effects' final show or not. I'm yeah. not so sure that's the case, but we know scared. how that goes. Yeah. Either way, let's talk movies and let's talk quarantine mm. picks. Travis, what would you like to suggest or not recommend going forward for us this week?
3: I actually did watch some stuff. I, I finished up Brooklyn Nine-Nine finally, and and love it. But on the other hand, uh, Amazon Prime cruelly took away Mad About You and like <sighs> mid-watch for me. I've been like just teasing my way through it or you know, slowly enjoying it savoring every beige moment but no they took oh. it away um so that's that's upsetting i checked out duel from 2022 riley stearns has done really good work with uh, faults and the art of self-defense i don't think this is the best film he's done out of those three but uh it's sur- it, it was it's it sure worth checking out uh, especially if you like K- karen gillen um that was definitely worth worth seeing um, Renfield, I watched Renfield. Uh, okay, you know, it was. I mean, you know, I love Nick Cave. Oh, excuse me, Nick. Yes, Nick, Nick Cave. That's Eric. I, yeah, yeah, you, you know, got it mixed up there. I, well, I love Nick Cave too. I'm, I was that's something else I'm working on. Sorry, um, I was just talking about him. Ooh. I love Nick Cage. And uh, he is someone that I usually see all of his movies in theaters, but this one I just didn't really get the chance. And I really wish I had because it was fucking awesome. Mm. It was a lot of fun, very stylistic, very, very movie. Like there's no, it makes no pretense at trying to be like, hey, take this seriously. This is, uh, you know, this is logical (laughs) and that kind of shit. It's just fun. It's just good fun. And lastly, I I went to the theaters and and caught uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which I, I loved. I loved. I didn't love it more than the first one. I, I gave it <gasps> eight on the old IMDb. Let me mm. put it that way. oh i got a
2: nine right now yeah. overall. It's really high.
3: It's fantastic. I've got one big issue with it, which I won't say at this point, but if you've seen it, you probably know what my issue with it is because it's pretty great. Wow. Ew. Oh, I want to see your experience. Oh, definitely see How was your theater experience? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't see the first one in theaters, and I was like, oh, I really got to make sure to see the second one in theaters, and... I. Feel like it made a huge world of difference. Oh, there you go.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Not necessary anymore. You know what? I've just been watching Curb nonstop. I'm on season 11 now. Boom, boom, boom. It's nonstop. <laughs> so I, I did watch. Uh, <laughs> That's it. That's a beautiful way to live. I did watch. um <laughs> To, to Wong game? Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar?
1: Yeah! <laughs> That's a good movie. What's
2: that like now? What's that like now? I'd never
0: seen it before. I I saw Patrick oh. Swayze's face, mascara-laden face, and I hit play, and uh, I was chuckling. You know what? I was chuckling.
1: It's just fun. It's a
0: fun early 90s movie. It's it just so different. Chuckling. It's just so different. Wesley Chuckling. Wesley Snipes is great in it. Um, he really goes for
3: it. Oh, oh boy. maybe it's been a while, but I thought he really went for it. He maybe was he the we- He
1: seemed like he was kind of fun
0: at what he was mm. supposed to be doing. Whereas Patrick Swayze was like- like putting on like a legitimately great performance.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's awesome. He's great yeah, in it. Yeah, that's a fun I mean, movie. Lick was good at it too. I'm irritating, but Lick
2: Yeah. Let's go back in time real quick, though, because when I was, we were all the same age once upon a time. We still are. Actually, we'll always be as long as we're alive. Uh, yeah. As oh, right. teenage yeah. kids, Too Wong Fu, it was just nonstop ripping yeah. on because the, the, the title was long and stupid. <laughs> I, was, we always used to, it was just an immediate joke. Yeah. Too Wong Fu, we'd all start to laughing. Because well, <laughs> it was just so <laughs> dumb. I, Never even saw it. I but. can't
0: remember when this came out, but like, I got a feeling it was when, like, uh, Patrick Swayze was like was in his fucking like on top of the world, wasn't it? I mean after Ghost Point Break. No, this was when like he went out hard times,
3: was like it? the black
2: rain like oh. uh no, this is the mid 90s buzzkill days, I believe. I thought, yeah. And,
3: this is this is yeah. one of the bright lights and the dimmer
0: part of his career. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it came uh, out in 95.
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dumb movie
0: like uh Chris Penn <laughs> stupid. That's funny. That's it though. A lot of curb. You know, A lot it's of curb. Fun. This, this these past few boom, seasons boom, are getting boom. like some shit for like not being as good. I'm laughing my ass off nonstop in every single. Yeah, people
2: don't episode. know what they're talking about. It's the
0: same old shit, man. It's still fun. There you go, man. What about Definitely. you,
2: Mike?
3: I, I, I. You didn't, Travis. You you disagree? I started watching the most recent season, and I got like three or four episodes <gasps> in. And I just and I just I didn't even be, like make a conscious choice. I just. Stopped watching it. I just oh. haven't gone back to it. I just, I'm just like, eh, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> well,
3: we're Fun.
2: allowed to be uh, idiosyncratic, right? We have our own options, our own choices. Everyone here. I think we've already established
3: yourselves. that we follow our own prerogatives.
2: It's my prerogatives. I'll smoke weed when I do. All right, for me, Eric. Boy, I'll tell you what. First off, I want to mention that I was on the Dragon Movie Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah his listen show, to that. So, let's do Thanks, Dragon movie guy, for letting me come on. We talked movies. He's- yeah, that was Yay! fun. Yay! He has this uh, thing he does where he ranks. First off, this guy goes to the di- he goes to the theater every week. He goes Amazing. to the theater every week, guys. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, what happened to me? <laughs> I- well, why not? I mean, like, there are dollar days. There's like Tuesdays where it's five bucks. I could totally go to the theater once a week, and he posts a quick review on a movie every week from the theater. It was really strange how it hit me. Like, wow, that's impressive. But it's not that hard to do if I. Like I have a sister in law who works at a movie theater. We go for free, and I well, never do. It's, so. it's not the
0: money, man. Yeah. Like the whole. It used to just be either TV, network television, some interesting cable, and then the movie theater. It's just not like that anymore. Landscape is out of control. There's just so much content that is so accessible that there's not this need to get down to that theater anymore. Which is sad, and as mm.
3: and as society continues to decay, the theater experience is becoming less and less enjoyable.
2: Uh, the society is decaying. Society. I would say that society. for sure. Society. It continues to decay society. <laughs> yeah, I. But I was like, you know what? I was thinking I might try to like do that now. Like, why not? Why right. not? Well, I'm going to, to the Indiana Jones once a week.
0: next Thursday. I'm going to be a, a reporting on <laughs> Indy Five before the um,
2: for the show on next week. Three o'clock oh, ticket. We lo- okay, well, we're look. F- I'm gonna totally rely on you to see that film. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Problem? I just.
3: I didn't. <laughs> I didn't catch the, Do I need to see the skull one? Yeah. No, that
0: thing was a piece of no, shit. So I didn't bother. Why... I'm to apologist. I'll get the I'm fart out of here, it's man. Good. The...
2: Okay, I haven't seen it in a long time, but my excitement when I saw it in the theater that year. Which was the same year the fucking Dark Knight came out. Yeah. So it was a high standard of movies that year. Maybe that's unfair. Maybe it was like, you know, it's not that. Revisit it. I don't it, know. Man. I, I mean, got to go If back. we ever do Movie so Jail worth, again,
0: like, I will definitely bring that to the table. I think there's a lot, a, a lot of fun points in that film.
3: For what it's worth, Eric, you are the second person to ever say that to me. So you're
2: not alone. Okay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you are not alone. We're very musical you today. Are not alone. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Okay, um, yeah, so thanks, Dragon Movie Guy. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Good show. He's, he's. yeah, it was fun. You know, we talked about, he does this thing where he ranks those movies that he sees each month, so the month of May movies, but I don't see a lot of new movies, so he just allowed me to rank five movies I'd seen in May, which is nice of him. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. You're a good man. Make sure you guys follow uh, his YouTube. He's trying to grow his YouTube, so please check out that episode. Just let it play in the background and forget about it or something. Just support, Brian. He's a good guy. Um. I watched last night, Travis. I finally got around to it. I sat down, and I was excited, actually. I watched Quantumania. Oh. Didn't care for it. (laughs) It's not that simple. I don't think it's that simple. It's complicated. Mm. It's a lot of derivatives of other things, which I guess you could really, a lot of movies will, if you start to unspool the yarn, you'll see that everywhere. Yeah. But there's also some really funny moments. Like the MODOK is hilarious. I love MODOK. I love <laughs> yeah, MODOK. That was fucking great. That was great. Yes. And there's some really funny moments. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my, like, out loud laughter I had. But then there's other parts like, fuck, Marvel, come on, man. It's like, we, there are so many unique stories to tell in life. And Marvel can do that. It doesn't have to. They've, they've given themselves such free range now that they could really continue to expand the storytelling and it doesn't have to be world changing storytelling it just has to I don't know feel like it's a little bit fresh still and maybe I I feel like it was a little stale to me
3: I thought it was fresh man it was it was a very much a break away from the previous Ant-Man movies which I like both those movies better frankly but I thought it was I thought it was a left turn for the franchise
2: in what way though? Like without well, spoiling it, is it possible well, to say? I mean,
3: I think it's it's called Quantum Mania and if you've seen the previews, you know that everyone gets very very small. So and that you're going to this other universe and all that kind of stuff and you're spending the whole time in this you know, this other space which you don't necessarily get that and I think I think they <laughs> I think they didn't do a great job of like setting it up necessarily. It's just kind of like okay, we're there. But um, yeah. there's there's definitely some rushed moments. But uh, I,
2: I was happy Eric with Eric stepped away, by the way, yeah, while he's, we're doing this. Well, so.
3: he's not the, he's not the <laughs> biggest MCU fan. I'm sure he's already decided that he hates Quantumania. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I thought it was that bothered me was that it it felt like they tried to capture what Thor Ragnarok was. A little how bit. How that was more groundbreaking, groundbreaking and like, oh, wow, this is different. And they turned the franchise in a different direction there as well. Yeah. So to me, they... I look at these notes I wrote down. I, I mentioned that, and it was just kind of like blah for the first half hour, and, yeah, like the kid. I, why do we have to have the kid there? I didn't want that, but I know it's Marvel, so they're trying to, you know, they're trying to reach everybody. I get that. Well, it was just other things. She's, thing. she's I big was, the
3: comics, so she, uh, the character structure. Oh, or well, there you go. I never
2: read it. an ant comic. I have no
3: idea. I haven't either, but I'm familiar enough with the nerdery of it to be like, okay, Another thing about Stature.
2: Me. Okay, intre- okay that, so that makes sense, that's fine. But then also, you know, it seems like they just keep trying to bring in the magic of the Avengers Assemble moment from the final installment of Endgame. Oh. And it's like, oh, here comes everybody. It was a total fucking rip off, or just a no, Rise of Skywalker sucked. And the fact that they would try to do like a Rise of Skywalker type style, where like everybody shows up to say, let's all fight the power. It's just, ah it bothered me to no end i thought that was really shitty storytelling mm. but uh and paul red cannot paul rudd <laughs> paul rudd being angry it's just it's just tough for me to buy it with him I, he did his best he's a good actor but paul rudd angry is tough to sell it is for me hey well didn't
0: uh, secret invasion hit today
2: yep for, well
3: yesterday actually i watched the first episode um i wasn't blown away but it's only the first episode
0: okay
2: yeah, I wanna I wanna watch that too, but I wanted to watch this, and then I gotta watch Guardians, and then I'll yeah, yeah. settle in. Get back
3: to me after you've seen Guardians on how you feel about the MCU at the moment.
2: Okay, good, excellent. Uh, I also watched 1991's The Hard Way, Michael J. <laughs> Bologna,
1: <and James> Woods.
2: <laughs> the Hard Way, <laughs> the party huh? crasher.
3: Yeah, man. Hard Way, frog dogs. Mmm, tasty. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Damn. this is such Hello? an early 90s like oh trying to capture the 80s another 48 hours the two guys are you know it's so cliche now because oh we've seen it done and parodied so much now but it's an entertaining movie yeah. I, I enjoyed it actually i've been wanting to
0: bring <laughs> yeah. it to the show for I, I was time. gonna say mike you fucked up again man we got a traffic situation here are you
2: kidding here. me yep <laughs> well the hard you've been, way you've been Come on, about it? yeah that's so funny <laughs> Oh my From me god!
1: To From me to you. Me <laughs> you. <laughs>
2: I saw this movie. I remember the first time I saw it with Corey, our friend Corey, at his house in Heartland on Ravenswood Way, and when it came out of VHS, we rented it one night, and I thought it was so stupid. I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> but now I liked it. So the hard way. Want to want to let know let people know it's not bad. It's pretty good. And uh, that's it. I'll leave. Oh, last one, real quick, and it hasn't been talked about much. Uh, Confess, Fletch totally dismissed it's fun I loved it yeah I really enjoyed it Travis I thought Confessed Fletch was fun Mm -hmm. and entertaining and an interesting mystery too and it 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 like had all these interesting characters in a natural storytelling way the fact that it was completely dismissed and just dumped by the studio because they didn't believe in it was disappointing because it's directed by a guy Greg Batola. I love his work with Adventureland and uh
3: something else. Either way. I would watch more sequels
2: of this if they make it. I thought it was great. I would too. John Hamm was able to push Chevy Chase aside. I thought. Mm. I thought he did it. That's not easy to do. I thought so too. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know. Definitely check out Confess Fletch if you can find it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. um, Some streaming. Amazon movie. Yeah. There you go. All right. Good times due to Salad. Let's talk about the crying. 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 this is a song I was not familiar with whatsoever. By the way, when I we saw this, we get ten movie. versions. I've never of it heard in this
1: film. Song.
3: I think it was a bigger hit in the UK than over here because I, I is did, that what it was? Because it came out like at sixty four or sixty eight somewhere in there, and I would never heard it outside of this movie
2: in my life. I've heard a lot of oldies from those days, and I'd never heard that song either. So, <laughs> this is uh, Neil Jordan directed, nineteen ninety two, starring Stephen Ray. Uh, Kill your Disney. own kind. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. And um introducing introducing uh, somebody, Dickinson, who, who plays... Jay uh, Davidson. Uh, Jay Davidson. Jay Davidson, shit. Yeah, like, raw. Um, uh, it should have been it. I didn't want to spoil yeah, the rah. IMDb score by opening it yet. I never like to do that, so I do it from memory in the beginning. And now I can open the IMDb because I'm getting ready to guess the score. But, uh, Travis, this crying game came out in 92. Mm-hmm. Do you have an original story related <laughs> to the first viewing? I actually do. Oh. I've mentioned on this show
3: quite a few times um, how... My mother's boyfriend when I was a kid would record movies and bring them to us. There it
2: is again. <laughs> well,
3: sure enough, in the stack of VHSs one day comes The Crying Game. I'm 12 years old. I know nothing about this movie, so I just sit down and watch it. This is before this like I had not even heard like anything about it because I was out of the radar and it didn't I didn't know if it was a new movie or old movie. It was probably brand wow. new. And I sat down and watched it. And I watched it a bunch growing up. I really liked it. And I watched it quite a few times growing up. Travis, and, uh, where's my copy of The it. Crying Game? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's my copy of The Crying Game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not a normal movie that you'd think a 12-year-old would be all about, but I thought it was pretty great.
2: Eric, no way you saw this when it came out.
0: Are you fucking Are you kidding me, Mike? <laughs> no, I saw this last year. Uh, I saw like half of it last oh. year. And like I got busy, so I couldn't finish it. Like I didn't go back to finish it up. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I I, I remember. Uh, I remember the poster. Remember that girl on the poster, like the gun. I'm still not yeah. sure. Is that was, was that Miranda Richardson? Like who
1: was that? Yeah. It? Strange yeah, marketing. That's
0: definitely her. It's very strange marketing that we can talk about too, for sure. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I missed it.
2: I said this on the last show we did. Uh, the uh, the whole dick thing was just thrown all over pop culture on late night shows. Dick thing. So that's all I ever heard about the movie, and I had no idea because I'd never seen it. So this was my first viewing, and I wanted to see it for that reason. And boy, society once again got it wrong. They really missed a lot of the key important points of this film, I would say, to put it mildly. But um, let's get into the guessing of the score on The Crime. So if you don't have now, the drop
3: for that's putting it mildly, you're just going to say it. That's
2: putting it mild. There it is. It's always ready to go. There it is. That's right. I did just say it. You're right, I did. Uh, James Cromwell. Well, what do we got? Uh, The well-respected film, it seems like. Uh, It's got a decent legacy, I would assume. So the question to me is, is it an eight or not?
3: Well, people are homophobic and transphobic. Um, Oh, shit. But at the same time, this movie was widely celebrated when it came out. I mean, the critics hailed it and i mean jay davidson his first performance he's nominated for a best supporting actor so i'm gonna say it doesn't quite make the eights but i'm gonna say seven, nine.
1: <sighs>
2: <laughs> seven, three. Seven, three. uh well why not just for fun I, i'll say a, yeah seven six because okay. i like variety what's the difference And it is, oh, wow, 7.2. All right, Eric, you win. Maybe Travis was on to something with the people who are homophobic and such. Um, 58,000 reviews, not super high, doesn't crack the 100,000 threshold, which to me is usually the minimum for, like, a lot of people reviewing it. Um, Rotten Tomatoes-wise... Remember, this came out in '92, so we'll probably get some dated reviews. But people still go back and watch these movies like we did now, mm-hmm. and they uh, they offer their opinions. It's a '94 for the critics, excellent score. Wow. So. Okay, but a little higher on this end from IMDb at a '78 from the audience, but oh. a slight disparity of uh, what is that? 16? How do you do math? It's not huge. <laughs> I don't know how to do math, but that's not huge. Well, how do you do? Do people it. still use math? I can spell it. Uh, let's start. How about Mick That's LaSalle? That. This mm-hmm. this is fresh from Mick Chronicle. LaSalle from the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, yeah. This is says this is from January, so this is brand new. Hmm. Irish director Neil Jordan's compelling new film. So this can't be new if it's. No. This has to be taken from the time period. Yeah,
3: probably posted in twenty twenty three, but really. Oh in boy, I hate those 1990s. dates. They yeah. screw it
2: all up. Yeah, they need to clarify that on here. Uh, The new film was both a political thriller and a love story, uniting various sexual and political currents into one dreamlike narrative. Is this a dreamlike narrative?
3: I'm going to have to disagree. I don't find it to be a dreamlike narrative.
2: Is that because there's constant shots of Forrest (laughs) Whitaker in a sweater playing cricket? He's kind of tossing it casually.
3: (laughs) He's a bowler, I guess. He's got the the fuzzy wicket or whatever. I don't know what the fuck... (laughs) Uh, it's funny. It I know as much about cricket
2: ready. as you do, so I feel like we're <laughs> yeah. on the same level. So, yeah, that's
3: how... What you know about cricket is what I know
0: about every sport.
2: All <laughs> I, I know yeah, about It makes all the sense you. of the world now. Yeah. Casey Jones wields a bat. I'm the cricket bat. That's it. <laughs> yes! But I, I all love all I that. that. I thought that was one of the cool parts about his character. I always enjoyed that. Uh, Gene Siskel, one of the year's best films. Yeah. Hmm. Probably on his top ten list. i got to go find that video for his 92 top Great ten. Video. That's how
3: a lot of critics felt, I think, I think at the time.
2: Many critics said things. Oh, how about this? This is this is Kismet. It's Stephen Ray of the Philadelphia Inquirer. What? Wow, about with a V, oh. not P H. But R E A S. Yeah. That's So funny. He doesn't get it. Stephen with Ray. Kind. Uh, Maybe he does. He just doesn't <laughs> like to talk about it. Review you, your own kind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan veers from taut thriller to devilishly sly comedy. From romance to a story of torment and mm. redemption.
0: Yeah. I love this blurb because at the end of the day, this kind of is like a
2: dark comedy, in my opinion. And I didn't expect that. That's, yeah. I agree with you that it really does kind of just have every type of element of all kinds of shit in it political thriller, sexual uh, intrigue. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, hmm. I was looking for Destin Thompson. I don't mm-hmm.
3: know. Always. Searching for Destin, the documentary.
2: That's right. That's what we're always Christian doing on this Science show. Science Monitor? Va- <laughs> we should have named the show Searching for Destin. We should have retitled <laughs> our show then. Uh, Roger Ebert, of course. we got to get Roger on the record. Ebert. Reasons remain to watch this movie. The development of Fergus and the fine performances, most notably Whitaker and Richardson, who plays her character with just the right number of screws loose.
3: I, I've never quite understood the acclaim uh, for Miranda Richardson in this movie. I think she's fine, but she's yeah. in like what four scenes? Um,
2: does she, because she like sacrifices her body for the cause? Scenes? I don't know. Is that why?
3: I'm not sure.
2: Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. i have like, okay, uh, she she's devilish in her role, but is she devilish? She funny? Uh, like, like the person said. She wants to fuck him, but they're not dating. She wants to fuck the other... I don't know what the story is with the relationships in the IRA there with the volunteer, Fergus, and what... Seems complicated. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does not seem simple. But I had no idea that this movie had anything to do with the IRA and political terrorism. It was... That was... For me, a real big boost to this film. Dude, this movie and Patriot Games is
3: how I or yeah, Patriot Games is how yes! I learned about what the IRA even was and blown away, of course. These the this of the trifecta Fox? of early nineties films. I'm like, now I understand what the IRA is. I'm gonna be a historian now.
2: <laughs> 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 Thank you. You said it, man. I was I saw Patriot Games a billion times and I saw it as a kid, but I never saw this movie. So Patriot Games was my only mm-hmm. and of course I saw Blown Away, but I hadn't seen this film. This film gives you a much uh more deeper look i would say what's going on with like the people who are at the very bottom of the ira who are the ones doing the grunt work which means murdering people neil Mm -hmm. Jordan
3: is irish and he needed to come from an Irish perspective to get like there's no glamorization of it here it's like Mm -hmm. yeah they have a a a worthy cause but like their methods are fucked yeah and uh -hmm. and that's and it's like it's detrimental to to everyone who gets touched by it
1: hmm
2: Awesome. That's a great point. I love that aspect. Mm-hmm. And you got Forrest, uh I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's really hard now. I always run into this with the Americans who do British accents. How do we feel about Forrest Whitaker's accent?
3: I know he's not from there, but I think he does a good job. But also because this was the first Forrest Whitaker movie I ever saw. So I didn't oh, know. Okay. You know, for As a kid, my
0: original oh. viewing, I always thought he was British for a long time. <laughs>
1: I had no okay. idea. Okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, We got a closed caption situation here with me. I had to turn him on immediately. I couldn't understand what the fuck (laughs) he was talking about. But, yeah, I I think he does a really good job. I mean, that's so pivotal. You got to be able to set up this relationship and what it means for Fergus uh, within, you know, what is this, like 15, 18-minute first segment in this first act?
2: it's almost an hour long. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, it's about 40 minutes before he gets... Yeah, because I, I, ch- I just, I hate that I remember this, but when I see the dick, it's an hour and two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even write Mr. it down.
3: Is that for Mr. Skin? Oh, you just exactly. memorized
2: it. <laughs> no, because I thought growing up with this film, which I had not seen, but I just heard about, that it was like the final conclusion. So I checked the time when that happened. Oh, wait wait a minute, there's, there's like 45 minutes left in yeah, this movie, was, so was I was misinformed. Surprising. I
0: always yeah, thought yeah. my whole life that this was like the climax of the movie, like the big twist surprise at the very end. But there's yeah. a shitload to go. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I'm no, I think, a, I think he does. I think he fucking
0: does a fantastic job. Uh, I was worried say. that I'd get become disinterested in the movie after this relationship oh. between the two is over. But um, we'll see if that's the case. But I, I, yeah, I love. Him.
2: <laughs> we'll see if that's the case. I love Eric's teasers throughout every wait. show. We do. You gotta wait ten
0: minutes. <laughs> I can't wait to
2: get into it. <laughs> We're into it. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Forrest Whitaker crushed it in the role. Besides the accent, he was emoting and really creating this dynamic with Stephen Ray, where they really did seem to care for each other. And it does make you, it makes you understand that people who get into this RMA life or any type of recruitment for a political cause or some type of sociocultural cultural cause that they maybe. They, they, maybe they believe in but they don't really want to commit to. Okay. Fergus is a guy who clearly is not a murderer. <laughs> right, right.
3: Mm. And also, I mean, Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. is literally acting in much of his role with a fucking bag over his head and yeah. killing
2: it. Oh, a velvet bag is so hot. Was that? Oh, whatever canvas. it was, it was, was a it heavy... Furlap or something. Oh, canvas, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. It, it like, looked awful. It looked sweaty and dense.
2: Not it was. Oh, what about the opening real quick? Like a slow playing oh, of... Oh, so uh, good. One of the mm-hmm. best openings I've ever seen
1: in a movie. Oh, Love
0: it. Establishes so the mood like, immediately. Yeah, huh.
3: and also, how does he get the extras not to point and stare? He must—they must have all been like paid extras, like at that carnival. That was not like a it's, carnival. He just walked Europe, up on was like filming. People,
0: like apparently, people don't give a fuck. And, like when you're <laughs> filming just like randomly in the streets and the major celebrities there, they do not give a shit. That's funny. Mm,
2: okay. Yeah, I got no. I was just curious what you guys' take was. I didn't really care either way. But it was very Um, smooth,
3: very smooth opening.
2: And you get introduced to all
3: the characters in, like, one shot. mm Mm-hmm. Except for for Dill, of course. Dill.
2: That's right, yes. Dill. Feels like everybody would have died when, you know, the British SAS or whoever that was shows up Mm -hmm. to blow up the whole area. The fact that they lived, I was like, oh, come on.
3: Okay, that's fair, yeah. And also, like the way that they kill the man that they've come to save and just run (laughs) past his body. Yeah, he's like... Neil Jordan isn't very forgiving of the British Army in this either, even though we don't get as much of them.
2: Oh, and what about the dynamic of people that are trying to be righteous, IRA people who believe in their cause, who are complete racist? I mean, that to me is not lost on me. That was... He could have dove into it more, but I actually like that he just... He just recognized that it was there because it's obvious for these people. Mm-hmm. They all recognize it. But then they go about the, the the relationship between Ray and Forrest Whitaker. So I'm glad they acknowledged it. and It was mentioned. But at the same time, I didn't need to harp on it. But I love that that dynamic's exposed because people who really believe in caring about their people to do better for the overall community, but then other people are just like, fuck you.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean... It gets me thinking about why they even cast Forrest Whitaker in the first place. I mean, he has a he has a, a unique ability to be extremely vulnerable and likable, regardless of what his intentions are in a film. Um, I think it adds adds a lot to the character. Like one thing that he does in the movie, when you watch it, like I had to go back and watch it again, so I watched it twice in the last couple of weeks. He drops these interesting hints about Dill uh early on did you catch mm-hmm. up catch these he talks about how <laughs> dill wouldn't be uh what does he say he says that dill wouldn't be uh your type yeah he, says, he talks, he talks says, about how women are nothing but trouble Yeah, it says, <laughs> says
3: women yeah women are uh what do you say women women are difficult or something I forget mm-hmm. what he says and he's like what about dill it's like she's different and he's like yes
0: yes she mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. yeah he totally <laughs> sells it too
2: yeah oh okay yeah I, no that makes sense now when you put it like that i do get that. I. Also, want to give credit to the writing again here for hmm. Forrest Whitaker's character. He doesn't fall into any tropes. He's a soldier, but he's not like he's strong and mm-hmm. he is powerful and he's a good athlete, but he's not like this kill, kill, kill kind of soldier. He's just a regular guy. He also is interested in his man, you know, Dill, Dil, who he really cares about, mm-hmm. and he's his a woman. really good athlete. His yeah. So, okay, so, well, she, okay, so this is. The whole debate about this guy is a man, biologically wants to be a woman, right? Well, I
3: mean, Jay Davidson is a man, like he is a gay man, but the character of Dill is is clearly
2: a transgender woman. Oh, I I agree with that. I'm just saying that the aspect here of... Okay, so is Forrest Whitaker's character, is he gay? Or is he just like transgender women? Is that a different vibe? To me, that's like, my head's just going to explode because I don't know how to express it because I I just know what I do with my life, so I can't live it. I don't know.
3: Well, I think one of the points of the movie is that like, what does any of that matter? Um, Exactly.
2: Love is what matters. That's why it's a character that I like because it's not tropey at all. It's just that he has... You can't pigeonhole him on anything. He's yeah. just—we all have fluid uh, interests and sexual interests, and whether we actually tap into them or not are two different stories. Whether we suppress them, that's another story. Yeah,
3: I do think he's that—that um, that, um, Jody is a little flirty with Fergus when he's like trying. At one point, he's like calling him handsome and baby face and that kind of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, but at the same time, like when he—he he li- like Fergus literally holds his dick. But it does, it's not sexualized and they laugh about it and it actually seems pretty like not sexualized at the same time so I, I, it's it's interesting I, I don't really get the feeling I, I feel like um, Jody is not attracted to Fergus at all
0: Okay, that's interesting point you mentioned that uh, Jody is recognizing some for me pretty obvious repression <laughs> when it comes to Fergus's character mm. uh, in terms of his tastes you might say um, that maybe that's just me, but I thought I was, oh, so I thought there, I thought Neil Jordan was pr- painting a pretty obvious picture about um, Fergus's repression and his own sexuality. That's, that's why so it, well, to- it kind of made for a very interesting arc throughout the entire story for me. Well, for me,
3: it's like the exact opposite, because for me, I'm I'm watching a straight man overcome his like his. Repulsion and homophobia and like his his self-identity even to like to fall in love with someone that he never thought he could fall in love with.
0: It's not spelled out and it's not given to us. But, yeah, I think we have an arc where somebody who is afraid or ashamed is able to see is able to say who gives a fuck love is love, just like what you said earlier, Travis.
3: But if he's if he's got repressed, if he got if he has repressed homosexuality, is he going to fucking puke? When he sees that
2: it's a dick and punched
0: well, him in his the face. Body. That's, a, that's a, his body's reaction to it. I mean...
2: Well, that's I, what I'm saying. If like that could be fear uh, It comes from too. the mental, though. Man. I might See, this is opinion-based now, where There's I no see him as a guy... <laughs> of course. No, but if you're talking about motives for real human beings and how people act, I mean, we're all human beings. We've lived life. I think... This is a good point. We he, are human. Yeah. We live. See? Thank <laughs> you. Show over. Luma, good night. But, by the way, when... uh. When uh, Fergus lets Jody's dick out so he can piss, uh, he got the most pleasure out of the piss. A classic pissgasm right there. Oh, <laughs> I know that feeling. We all know that feeling for I love sure. I pissgasm. Oh, they're great. They mm. really are good. A lot of life's little joys. But when I consider the arc, Eric, of Fergus, mm. like he refuses to let Dill call him honey. Don't call me that. He sticks to that all the way. Yeah. Right. Don't call me honey. He doesn't. He seems to love Dill, but he doesn't. I don't think there's a sexual well, attraction for him. I don't think he's hiding what's it. What's someone
0: or, in 1992 going to say to someone who's coming on to them if they're sexually repressed as as a homosexual? They're going to say stop it, stop it. This ain't right. They're going to deny their own.
2: Yeah, but uh, that's desires. initially. I feel like there would be especially the more time they spent together and how intense their lives become with this plot to kill mm-hmm. this judge and their lives are on the line and she, you know, she has her hair cut dill's hair gets cut which were a huge uh, identity for her very yeah, painful for her
3: that's a rough scene um and unnecessary it turns out which is like tragic in a way because dill is convinced that that fergus is getting ready to leave her or or, or and then it, because of who she is and then and then she's like okay well i'll try and be who you want me to be but she thinks that he that she wants him that fergus wants her to look like a man because that's something that he's into but really he's like still lying to her because he, he's not told her about the, the fact that she's actually in danger and it all ends up like not even mattering because ultimately dill just blows away the thread as soon as it <laughs> walks through the door and 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 that's
2: the end of it what about it's just annoying me because i'm like is he really trying to allude to this or not uh a blood disease with a bunch of pills is there supposed to be an hiv reference here because i oh, thought they'd no. be completely unnecessary he
3: says what uh, she says what her condition is and she says it's on
2: that's it. Yeah, she I thought she uh, said it was a, on we. <laughs> something with my blood. Oh, it's in onwees in my blood. <laughs> yeah, it's just, she's depressed. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. It would have been a lot pretty relevant for the time it was 92, so it, it would have made sense, but
3: um I could be uh-huh. wrong, but
0: that's all I got from it. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, is this an obvious gay bar? that this is just fucking completely oblivious to?
3: Yes, it's so funny when he goes back
0: into the metro and you kind of like so see obvious.
3: he's like seeing it through different eyes. He's like, "Oh shit,
0: Jim <laughs> mm-hmm. Broadbent, yeah, not Jimmy old, Broadbent. but old, <laughs> Jimmy Broadbent." Yes, I caught yes, that. You on your Cupid, I caught that playing in your preview. Cupid to, <laughs> these two motherfuckers, like, uh, uh it's, it's 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 solid, but it's a classic bartender role. Clean those mugs, <laughs> like wipe those mugs, and, <laughs> and play the telephone. Only- these motherfuckers.
2: The only trope in the whole movie that bothered me was that uh, Jim Broadbent he tries to tell him that, you know, who Dill is. She's oh, oh, oh wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's not get the words. out. Hey, what's you know, it's like in uh, Chasing Amy where you find out that she's a lesbian. Oh, it stops him mid-sentence when yeah. Cooper X tries to tell him what's to know. What's to it's I've seen this in movies a lot like, hey, you could just find out the reality, but hey, let's just, you know, we got to let this mystery ride out. It's a that's, film. That's not dramatic. You
3: got to you got to show the dick. I don't on the think street. it is.
2: It's much more dramatic. I think it's stupid. Yeah. And if this was a Hollywoodized movie all the way, that dick would have been at the end of the movie. So that's why I'm so glad that Neil Jordan yeah. stuck to his guns yeah. and he made this movie how he wanted to.
0: Yeah. Well, did you read that tidbit? Like, Neil Jordan's writing this Oscar-winning screenplay, and he gets to this point where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have him go visit the uh, the lover of Jody, and we're going to have some some interesting relationship relational dynamics here mm-hmm. but he runs out of gas he doesn't know where to go from there and he's like uh, i don't know like I'm kind of bored do i even keep going and he's like <laughs> oh okay i'll just make her a transsexual or whatever you want to label it as in 1992 um yeah i don't know that that's in my opinion that kind of speaks a lot about where the film goes from there because he is kind of throwing a monkey wrench, for lack of a better term, into his own story.
3: Well, the the, the, story, the story is bisected, right? It's You have the Jody half and you have the Dill half. And Fergus, of course, being like the continuing line between the two. Um, and to me, that you even mentioned that you thought like the, that the beginning was only 20 minutes or so speaks to the power of the second half. Yeah. Because that's when the movie really gets started. Is 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 dramatic and is intense. Is that whole that whole opening sequence is, and I love that it's like taking place in this greenhouse where everything's nearly dead except for some of the plants that are usually behind Fergus. You know, it's it's really well done, but the movie doesn't really get going until Dylan is introduced, in my opinion.
1: Hmm.
2: Well. I'm fully connected and focused in on that as a first time viewer for me again, which I often am lately. It seems that how Jody ends up dying totally shocked me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was surprised that, that <laughs> I really thought that up until that moment, when he started running away, I really thought that Fergus was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And for some reason he couldn't shoot him in the back, but if he got him to turn around, he would have shot him. I, I, cause I didn't know anything else about the motivations of Fer- Fergus's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond, he seemed to be a pretty friendly guy who had a lot of empathy for somebody who got caught in a shit situation that nobody else in the IRA, mm-hmm. at least in that crew, had. So mm-hmm. that was that was intriguing. But Man, yeah, I guess it, the story fleshes right. out more when it goes into the second part. Yeah, yeah I'm still I'm very much I'm engaged at, in the first half. Go ahead, Eric. I'm at, I'm at a crossroads here. See you at the crossroads.
0: <laughs> I gotta I gotta be honest. I know I do this a lot. Should I? I say this or should I just like be like, all right, they seem to like it. Let's not have. Come on. Let's have some challenges here. Once it's kind of established that, you know, Dyl is not who she seems to be. And I'm in these like 2023 norms. And I am, you know, totally comfortable with whatever the fuck. The, the dynamic between the two and this, the, the sexuality and all that sort of stuff becomes completely like ugh, inconsequential to me, and I'm just watching a story about a guy and a girl in this relationship, and then they have to deal with this threat. It gets a little boring for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can see people in '92 being like, "Well, what well, will they or won't they?" For me, it's like, "Well, who gives a fuck?" Like, like they they are clearly like have a. a some chemistry together and there's some love there like so what are we hanging on like whether or not they're gonna like fuck again or or do something else it's like the power of these the, the dynamic is lost on me because I've seen so many of these relationships played out in subsequent films that it makes me not care that much about these two in this story
3: maybe since i saw it before all those subsequent subsequent films makes give me extra appreciation for it or something but to me it's like um the fact that dill holds fergus hostage and in so doing saves his life and mcguire dies in his place and then dill who is like the damsel in distress really in a lot of ways ends up being the hero. And stands up for herself and her man and um, saves them both and then is ready to turn the gun on fergus and she, and she says like, you know he won't let me and so like jody's ghost is still like permeates the film i think that for me um the stakes that are literally life and death between these characters and trying to balance that between like again fergus's identity am i a straight man who will do anything for ireland or am I going or am I someone that I, I, I can change how I feel about myself because f- I'm feeling things I didn't think I could feel. And also, I don't want anything else to do with this sick path of terrorism.
2: Hmm. I was waiting a lot for Fergus to finally reveal this truth to Dill. And I found myself, like, looking at my watch, like, oh, really, you're not going to do it now? You're, oh, you're still not going to do it? I, mean, yeah. I know it's hard for him. It's a difficult position, and it has to kind of build up in a way where he feels he has no choice. But I'm kind of with Eric where I was just like, okay, I don't know how much I care about this relationship either. Hmm. I, I was I was invested. I was curious where it would go, but in terms of like an entertainment value between them, there's, a, I mean, all that stuff they're doing with <laughs> when we first get to see Dill and, you know, Jimmy Broadbent is the one who gets spoken to as the mediator between every word. Yeah. Jimmy, you know, tell him to fuck off. Jimmy, <laughs> tell him to give me that look. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. We're going to do this for another 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, is it going to find, oh, it finally ended. Okay. You guys just talk directly to each other. Um, That's fine. That's fine. That's not a big deal to me, but I don't know. I was like excited when Miranda Richardson shows up again out of the blue and it's like okay, oh, well, now we you got to pay for your your sins, but I was also annoyed that they lived. So I, I don't
0: Did know. It's a lot of mixed emotions. Time? Did you happen to check your check the runtime on when Miranda Richardson when she shows up because that might have fucked a little bit with the um plotting of the story. Like if she comes in a little bit earlier, if we know or if we know they're alive and there's this impending threat, I think that would have gotten my blood pumping a little bit but I kind of felt like I was
2: watching the Red Shoe Diaries for a lot of this. Oh, Red Shoe Diaries is bad. It's not the first time you said this on this show, but you have... That's what I call melodrama romance that I'm like, okay, I get it. You have the reveal that Dill is a biological man. And uh, obviously there's the Fergus accidentally hits her. He feels bad about it, but he's upset. And then you have the showing up to the job site. And by the way, I like that dynamic. How uh, it's like, fuck the rich asshole, this rich British prick. Yeah. It's a nice little dynamic. I always approve of that whenever sure. we can take it to the rich. But um, then after that, I think is the scene after the job site is where Miranda Richardson shows up. So it's like another five, to 10 minutes after <laughs> that.
3: So. I also like how uh, this this Dave scumbag character that you think that yeah! it's him kind of stalking them for a while, but it's not him stalking them. It's McGuire in his car. Um, yeah, and, that's right. It ends up being that way. And I like that that the Dave character shows that Dill is not who you you know. Dill is a very sweet and and good and loving person. But she and while she wasn't over Jody in a heartbeat, some dude is like moving in right away. Dill is very like she says like i'll be nice to anybody who just be nice to me i'll do anything you want i'll be yours forever and she's so tragic because she's just like so mistreated by everybody so it's i yeah. think that i'm just kind of like kind of I, I love that character so much and watching finally someone um who of all people the murderer in other words you know in so many words of her former lover coming into her life and him having to like surmount his own shit. I think it to me yeah again I I'm I'm very compelled by all that, but I uh I hear your complaints.
2: Yeah, I just think dill Is it a good I mean it's a first acting opportunity for right? Yeah,
3: and he only did two or three more performances and then he went I don't like all this fame and all these probably all these fucking jokes about my dick and oh uh, I'm sure vanished. it was hell on earth. Can only yeah, imagine. that was <laughs>
2: That was hell on earth. I have no yeah, doubt about that. I can only imagine. But uh, and how brave to like do that? Your first role. I thought the acting was kind of suspect, though. That that's what kind of that's what lost me. Stephen Ray is a great <laughs> actor to me. He captures my attention, and that's what I have to bring up for me, hmm. for me personally here. If we're bringing up well, our. You thought Jay of view. Davidson
3: I, didn't do a good job? Academy yeah, Award nominated performance didn't do a good job.
2: it doesn't matter what the fucking academy says man i mean golden globes are filled with people who are fucking scumbags these places i respect them at times and i respect them at others less so but for me i was like okay it's it's didn't draw me in enough
0: yeah it's hard for me to comment here like um yeah, I don't know. I, I I liked it. I liked the performance, Travis. Like quite a bit. Like I I I um I was sold on this role. Like I believed in what he was doing as her throughout the film. Um, but she, but he seemed to, for me, he just seemed to be, play, be to be playing notes, mischievousness, sexy, mysterious, withdrawn. Yeah. Like there was a lot of that going on for me. But, I mean, even still, for a first-timer who, from what I understand, agreed to do this just to get some, like, designer boots, <laughs> <laughs> she, he did pretty damn good.
2: Great written um, – uh, excellent written character. I just thought the performance – I thought the character was written was incredible. I just thought the performance could have been better. That's how I see it. Uh,
0: the writing here, like, as soon as they showed, like, uh, Fergus, like, on this construction site, I'm like – uh is he, like, undercover again? Like, I, I didn't understand, like, what his, like, personal life was enough at all. I was like, oh they didn't tell God, me enough about, totally like,
2: what his motivations and over stuff weren't. Yeah. I was like,
0: put a mask on. Um, <laughs> I, I
3: thought it was really, well, I mean, I didn't, I mean, maybe, again, like, I didn't think too hard because I've seen it enough times, but to me, it was like, okay, so he's he's going on the lamb. he's going to try and hide from the IRA and from the British by going into the belly of the beast itself, London, and just... Assume some fake name and just try and get a small job and just live a quiet life is what I got from that.
2: Oh, of course, we got from that, but it's skidding over like it's so easy. Hey, go talk to the father, go on a boat, shot of a boat, now we're here. It's like, oh, oh, I didn't know it was that easy. For a movie that was so strong on detail, with the IRA and how they live yeah, they, that'd be a
3: derailment, know. though. You got, we got, we got we spent 20 minutes watching them get papers forged and shit, like, you know,
2: that, that. How about one? <laughs> how about one quality scene? Day. One quality scene that sets up the dynamic of how he became a volunteer and, like, I don't want to live this life and can you help me out and is it feasible to get there? They could have put something in there to, that didn't have to drag it out. I think we're getting think. shown
3: not told with that in a lot we of are. ways. We, you know, we, we learn that he's a volunteer and we learn at, through watching it when he tells... Uh, Jody, his fucking name, and takes the mask off. We're like, this guy's not a professional. This guy's never killed anybody. This guy's not, he's c- totally in the wrong place. And you kind of just have to like oh. pay attention and, and read into it and figure it out. And I like that about
2: it. I don't want to be spoon fed. I completely agree. But also, when a character or writing is done so well, I'm actually interested in seeing more when it's done well. And I think that's really all it is for me. Like, I really like what's going on here. Just give me a little more. You don't have to spoon feed me. Mm-hmm. Travis.
0: Can I ask you about your opinion on like the uh, the thematic elements of the story about the scorpion? What that says about Fergus, as told to him by Jody. Oh yeah, that in a he movie. How many, many times in we his seen that? Nature to be like this, and yet we know he's just this random guy who's just basically volunteering and way in over his head, and expected to commit murder.
3: Right. I mean, isn't isn't Jody making the point? He's that the frog. He's the frog. Fergus is the yeah. frog, not the scorpion. Mm. Right.
2: Mm. So that's that, what I
3: got. Yeah. So he's saying he's saying like. You're a gentle creature. You're trying to be a scorpion, but you're a frog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. All the way.
3: And that was the first time I'd ever heard that as a kid. I'm, it's like old ah, as fuck now. You know what I mean? Like right. you've heard it a million times now in a million different ways. But I, growing up,
2: right, yeah, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> you <know. laughs> you're right. It would have been more fresh if I'd seen it when 92. And, oh, I didn't really know that story. that. And fable. I
3: think that I, I wouldn't I mean I was pretty young, but I would not be surprised if most people were unfamiliar with that story before this movie.
2: That's fair. You're right. That's just something when we look back at movies 30 years later, it's, yeah. it's going to come up.
0: Yeah. Well, the driver in Drive has that scorpion on his cool ass
2: jacket. And that's a direct allusion to that tale. I think there's a lot of directors who want to jump on that. It's a good tale. It's a timeless tale. It's like a lot of other tales that are going to get told again and again and again.
3: And I think, you know, it's the oldest argument is nature and nurture and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, But we're that's what you're really struggling. That's what we're seeing Fergus struggle so much with is his own nature and trying to be true to who he actually is instead of who he thinks he should be or wants to be, or you know. And and so for me, that's all incredibly compelling, mostly because Stephen Ray plays it so quietly. He's so. Reserved and mm-hmm. withdrawn, he never oversells anything. He never pushes too hard. He never's looking too long. He's he lives in that character, and I really, really buy it.
2: Yeah, it's not leo DiCaprio or Jim Carrey or trying to emote everything through. Right. Uh!
3: It's a simple performance. He allows it. He allows himself to play a simple character, and in, in mm-hmm. so doing, gives the character great complexity.
2: And what about the so the ending? Apparently, there was a different ending. I haven't seen the DVD that which has it on there. There's a bonus DVD I haven't, about I haven't, they totally redid it because it was really panned.
3: I'm not. They, there's a different ending originally, and then the
2: yeah, uh, they tested it and like it, people got pissed about it. I don't no, know if it was sucks. a studio or what. That's a play I like this ending. This ending's moment. awesome.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm very happy with with the ending of this. And again, like I said earlier, I think it makes sense and it's really cool to have. It's again like this this back and forth that keeps on ha- this life for life, life for life. And in a way, like Fergus is trading his life for Dill now by taking the fall and going to prison for her. And it's just like this uh, this back and forth of 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 being indebted to one another in these huge ways and just through these randomly
2: wild circumstances. That's a good call. Well said. Uh, any other? Was there any music besides the Crying Game in this that you were like, oh, oh, there was a lot of swelling I felt like in this film. I think it
3: was interesting to end with a uh, man singing uh, "Stand by Your Man." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. That, that was that. What that was?
0: That was a choice. Yeah, um, not a great one. I laughed. Yeah, I I, I thought that was, was inappropriate. A mistake. Yeah, I agree.
2: was a militaristic uh, score theme here too, with a lot of snare. <laughs> Not, not memorable. No, not particularly. Well, anything else?
3: Uh, Eric, what do you, you got? Anything else? Oh, I've I've got one. Um, one thing I didn't like about well, whatever. This is just well, when we're talking about nature, this idea of scorpions and and frogs. To get back to that point. Uh, Jody makes a point that like there are those who give and those who take and like well that's all bullshit. This frog and scorpion shit is bullshit. It's binary myth, right? Like there's nobody who's just takes. There's nobody that just is evil. There's nobody that's just any one thing. So that's one of the things I wasn't crazy about about the film is that it seems to be trying to make this point that you're this or you're that and like well no one's this or that. And if, in fact, like if anything, Dill is proof that there's a lot
2: of in between. Also, did you recognize the guy who played Dave? For me, I was like, oh, it's From him! What? From what? Wayne's World 2. <laughs> the guy who plays the roadie. Um, come on. <laughs> really? That's what it is? Yeah. I kept roadie. staring at his face. I'm like, I, who is that fucking guy? I know yeah. this guy so much. No shit. Yeah. Okay. I
3: didn't think I'd seen Wayne's World 2 enough, but that must be it.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Del. Yeah. Del and Dave. Those are two characters he's played.
0: <laughs> funny. Uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like like, like I said, this takes home the Oscar for Best Screenplay, but it's also up for Best Picture and Best Actor. And this is in 1992 with some
1: pretty
0: bold thematic elements mm-hmm. here. Kudos. Yeah. And I, I, I listened to Neil Jordan's speech when he got the Oscar, and he's talking about how appreciative he was that the industry accepted a film... Uh, with these themes in it and he's talking about how we'd like to see more and more (laughs) and i'm watching this youtube video here in 2023 like you have to wait a little bit for that neil it's going to be quite a long time before we we come around yeah
3: and don't watch it in florida (sighs) okay so, um, well, should we do our final round? Who, who, who chose this, Eric? I picked this movie. Oh, you did. I picked
2: it, yeah. Go for it. I picked the crying game. The crying game. Crying game. Uh, cry Intrigue. Sex. Social. <laughs> tales. Uh, our roles in society. Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. Everything you'd want in a movie. Laughs, dark comedy, uh, violence, uh, blood and guts, uh, heads smashed with wheels, trying to save people's lives Mm -hmm. and crush their heads. That's not Mm -hmm. cool. There's also just a lot of freshness. This is a 31-year-old film. It's very fresh in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. still. So for me, I'm going to say that this movie is a first-time viewer. Very impressive. Uh, There's some things I nitpicked. I already said that. But I think this movie absolutely holds up. And there's a lot of things in it that today we'll still look back and be like, yep, well, that makes a lot of sense.
3: I'll go ahead and go next since I think, Eric, you're maybe less obvious where you're going. I think it's pretty obvious how I feel about it. I think it's a gorgeous film. I think it's a beautiful love story. I think it is... um a brave movie in so many ways and when we were going we you know we got kind of waylaid last week and we weren't able to record and so eric you had time to watch it twice and i was looking forward to giving it a second watch but this week just didn't give me the the time to do that um but i will watch it again in the relatively near future because i i had forgotten just how i liked it as a kid but it's i appreciate it much better now i think it's great it holds up
0: Yeah, Mike. It it is kind of hard to believe that this is thirty one years old. Um, I look at this, especially after the second viewing. Um, Let's go for it. As something very, um, you know, brave is such a silly word to use for a movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to use. <laughs> I, no, I, it's it's cool. I'm just saying, like. Like, running into a burning building is definitely brave. I'm just trying to find something a little bit more appropriate. Um, I, I I don't know, man. I, it's a very original. Like, its originality is something that I probably applaud the most because I've I'd never seen a movie like this. Um, and Travis, you talked about, and you brought some great points. This is a life-and-death movie. I mean somebody could look at this and be like, this is kind of like a really dark romantic comedy almost. If you throw, if, if you throw out that first act with Forrest Whitaker and we got a guy meeting a a, a girl or person at a bar and oh, like uh, things, things get they different have secrets and it's a meet yeah. cute. And then, then, yeah, they have secrets. It could absolutely be this strange romantic comedy in the vein of something like, you know, gross point blank or something. Um, and, and, in all honesty those action elements are where I wasn't even looking at the screen like I didn't give a fuck about that car chase or anything that Miranda Richardson did in the hotel <laughs> like all, all that I didn't give a fuck I was tuned into this relationship between Dill and Fergus uh, here in 2023 and I'm saying well what are they saying in 1992 uh, and and they're seeing very interesting things for me. I, I hold true to the fact that, that, that she was bringing something out of him that he, he was afraid to admit. If you do take another look at this film, maybe see it like that. Um, you, you might change your opinion, but Neil Jordan's a, a filmmaker to be celebrated, man. I don't know where the fuck he is. And I never see, I want to see this Mona Lisa with Bob Hoskins. I heard this is fucking incredible. it's uh, yeah. That he made before. I talked this.
3: about it a few years ago. Um, it's, it's, have you? Yeah, when I watched it, it's a
0: solid 80s noir film. Totally worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is um we didn't get films like this then, and we still don't get films quite like this. I think we need to see stories that mean a little bit more, that have this representation in them. So I think it
2: holds up.
1: Oh. That's
2: three. All right. Well, I appreciate everyone's different point of views. We all came to the same conclusion in the end. So yeah, yeah, go figure. doesn't matter how you get there. Uh-huh. Or does it matter? I don't know. Who who could say? Uh, nobody knows anything. Uh, CinemaNinePodGmail.com. Subscribe, YouTube, five-star views. blah, blah, blah. Let's go back to the top of the board. Travis Roy, next week, where are you taking us? <clears throat>
3: I'm going to drastically shift gears, fellas. I'm going to get us <sighs> out of the 90s finally. And I'm going to put ah! us in a, a genre that we...
0: Well, I guess it's
3: still kind of noir, um, but uh, much more action-oriented. I've got a movie in mind that, Eric, I'm sure that you have considered this one probably many, many times. And, Eric, and Mike, I bet you probably have, too. We're going to go back to 2005, the movie that probably still holds the most viewings of mine in theaters, Sin City. Uh, Wow. Remember that movie? Remember Remember Sin City? Yeah, they made a sequel. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't bother with that one. But I'm ready to talk about the first one. That's been a long time since I've seen it, but I used to think it was pretty fucking great.
2: Sin City. Nick Stahl's Dick.
3: Oh, yeah, another Dick movie. Cool. Yes.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, that is a... uh, Sin City. City. Yep. That's a fresh call. Six times like in it. the
0: theater didn't bother with the sequel. That says no. Yeah, it all. that's exactly well, what Well, it was like nine years
2: later, too. That says that says a lot. Like never. It's like no. the Dial of Destiny when you do a sequel like 40 years later, you know? So, that's what it was. I know was it's not the first season.
3: It was so long after. I'll, I'll, I'll make that point again next week, probably. But it was just so long <laughs>
2: yeah. after. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot I'm to excited. say. All right. It's cool. Sin City, Robert Rodriguez. Good times, Noodle Sal. We'll and be Frank here Miller. next week with Frank Miller. The RoboCop 2's Star Ro- Frank Miller. Right. Behave yourself. <laughs> That's a good drop. I got to get that one. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Travis, Eric, Michael, Cinnamonine. We always appreciate everybody here. Thanks. You got any questions or commentary on what we said or you challenge what went down for this episode? I think there's some real interesting stuff to flesh out. Send an gmail.com. Let us know. All right. Bye
1: bye.
2: Kill your own kind.
1: <laughs>